Boys and ghouls, welcome to episode 78 of Dads from the Crypt, the Dallas the Crypt podcast. My name is Jason. I'm joined by Jody. Hello. And Mondo. Hello. And tonight we have our friends Bo, Ashley, and Robert from the Collateral Cinema Podcast. Welcome to the show, guys. Hey, what's going on, everybody? We're excited to be on the show. Yeah, actually, thank you for having us on. Uh, I know like we've interacted on, on social media, you know, with each other for a while. Uh, I think on both Twitter and Instagram. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, here and there. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. No, that's one of the things I love about doing this is just all the people you get to talk to and meet and just chat. Oh, um, yeah, t- tell me about it. I mean, we we pretty much follow almost every indie podcast you think of now. I mean, yeah. so, yeah, it, it's great to connect with people all across. I mean, e- even with the way Twitter is now, you know. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. For as long as it lasts. <laughs> Um, so tell us about Collateral Cinema. Uh, Collateral Cinema, is we bill it as the only movie podcast that matters. And uh, we typically focus on uh, all kinds of movies, good movies, bad movies, and everything in between in the world of cinema. So, yeah, check us out. And uh, we also have a, uh, a bonus uh, type of uh, podcast called collateral cinema director's cut that's where we talk about more topical stuff i mean we've even uh, talked about um some tales from the crypt stuff on there i think we, we talked about we season did one at one point yeah, yeah we, we nice we did do a, a tales from the crypt episode on the director's cut yeah yeah so our structure is most of the time we're, we're kind of getting into uh just a movie as a whole on most of our episodes we're just kind of you know talking one movie review at a time uh, but, you know, with the director's cut, that's kind of where we bring some of our more topical content um, in addition to covering, you know, just whatever the heck we want. Um, we also will check out new movies at the theater uh, and kind of do like at the movies type stuff. Uh, we also occasionally do commentaries for uh, patrons or also on the director's cut. So, yeah, yeah. And uh very soon we're going to start actually asking like like once we get enough patrons we'll go ahead and start asking them to choose our uh, Patreon commentaries and from time to time we'll also throw a tweet out there and we will um we will list uh, just four random movies to do a free commentary on the director's cut so nice. yeah nice. yeah, yeah. Look, look, look for those tweets uh, here or there we'll, we'll probably which, um, send one out here pretty soon which crypt episode did you cover we we actually covered all of uh, season one, nice. season oh, one, nice. and yeah. we yeah. did a review, like a mini review of Bordello of Blood. Yeah, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you know, is is it weird that I'm not that bothered by Bordello of Blood? I mean, it it really. I mean, yeah, Dennis Miller and everything, but <laughs> I don't know. Maybe right. I've just seen so many crappy movies by yeah. this point. Yeah, it's, it's just it's not the, it's more. I, mean, it, I have definitely seen worse. It's it's like just so mess. It's very meh, very bland, but we can get into that. And, and just a little teaser that actually I was recently on another podcast called Reels of Justice, who will oh, be yeah, our yeah, next yeah. guest next week. 
um, and I prosecuted um, Bordello Blood. I won't oh, give away the nice. uh, final verdict, but oof, <laughs> yeah. I was like, and I, I told them, I hate to do this to you guys to make someone defend this movie, but they did. They did actually did a good job. Oh wow! Excellent. Um, so the, let me just ask the uh, traditional questions we ask of our guests. Um, when did you first start watching Tales of the Crypt, and what are your favorite episodes? Well, I'll go ahead and start. For me, man, it, it goes all the way back to when I was a kid, you know? I mean, I wasn't really allowed to watch, like, R-rated or anything graphic on uh, cable or anything. So, you know, my mom, she had the uh, parental uh, locks and everything. And, mm-hmm. But I figured out how to get past them, and mm-hmm. Tales from the Crypt was one of those series that I really kind of dug my feet into, really, you know? And I think that honestly, the, one of the very first episodes is my favorite, the uh, yeah. Santa Claus episode. Oh yep. yeah, like that one. yeah, yeah, yeah. Mean, the house, yeah, yeah. That's such a classic, memorable episode for me, you know. And and also the uh, one, I, I don't remember what it's called, but I think that there was like a uh, music promoter. He was he was stealing from a charity, and then mm-hmm. he started hearing uh, something in his uh, ears, and he had to uh, all the Q-tips. Yeah, he had to get with the Q-tips in his ears and everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That yeah, was that crazy. was uh, for crying out loud. And we have a we have an interview with the guy. Uh, oh, really? I, awesome. I, I think Aaron Eisenberg, I believe, is his name. Lee oh, Lee Arnell. So cool. Lee Arnell. Yeah, close. That is <laughs> awesome. something like that. One of those names. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Cool. All right. What else? Who's next? Um, I think yeah, I saw it like in the '90s on HBO when I was just a kid. That, that's when I really picked it up, and I think you know one of my. One of my all-time favorites is, you know, Brad Pitt's episode "King of the Road." You know, oh yeah, mm-hmm. with the with the car chasing. You know, you yeah, beat the devil. You know, that's pretty cool. Yeah, it's a pretty intense episode, actually. I, I'm not gonna lie, we we rewatched that. I think we shit all over it. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, the, oh, problem, the problem with that, the problem with that episode is, if you're watching the whole series, it just sticks out because it wasn't meant to be a Tales episode. Um, it was meant to be for different anthology, so it was, they just kind of shoehorned it in there. So it, it's kind of like, yeah, it, it's true, and I expected to like that one because I remember liking that one. I, I kind of liked it, but I can see why it wouldn't. It, it feels weird to someone who was watching through the whole series. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh, Asha, what, what's, what's uh, your experience with Tales from the Crypt? So, um, yeah, unlike my co-hosts, I'm a little newer to the to the series. Mm-hmm. Uh, I hadn't actually watched Tales from the Crypt until I started talking to these guys and we started podcasting together. So, um, yeah, I, I don't have as much of a background with it. I mean, I've watched we, – we watched all the way through season one, like we mentioned before. Um, I've seen the odd episode thrown on here and there in the background. As far as, you know – favorite episode of what i've seen mm-hmm. honestly out of what i've seen so far i mean I, i'm uh maybe this one the one we're gonna talk about to be honest <laughs> oh, nice. Nice. all right oh i could have sworn that we showed you demon knight at some point right oh, yeah. billy zane's mm-hmm. demon knight yeah 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 i think so oh yeah but yeah, no, I, I, I've uh, really enjoyed kind of getting into the series and uh, mm-hmm. I guess that'll be kind of my perspective here is this kind of, you know, it's a little, a little bit fresher. It's only at the last, 
you know, couple years or so. Yeah, we have a Tales newbie right here. I bet you didn't even know that there was a Saturday morning cartoon, Tales from the Tales from the Crypt Keeper. ABC as well. Family. I yeah. did yeah. know about that. You yeah. did know about that? Oh, yeah. Cool. yeah. Yeah, that just kind of blows the mind, the kind of marketing they did with, the, with this show. I know. It, it was crazy. <laughs> All right. The idea that somebody was sitting around watching this show and thinking, you know what? We need to make a version for kids. Kids well, then again, look, look, look at look at all the action figures for movies mm-hmm. like Aliens or uh, Terminator Two. I mean, those were decidedly not kids' movies. Oh yeah, yeah. I remember yeah. RoboCop figures when I was a kid. <laughs> like yeah. that. Oh, yeah. definitely not for a kid. They'd oh, even have. Not. I, I've got the unrated Criterion cut right here, and it's oh. like, no, that movie's not for kids. It's so good. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. such a good movie. Awesome. I love it. Well, I remember being even being a kid, you'd see in comic books, uh, like comic books aimed mm-hmm. at children, uh, Freddy yeah. ads and Jason ads and all the you know Crypt Keeper ads. It was such a different yeah, time. Yeah, you, you could like uh, buy the uh, prop glove, like just a very cheap mm-hmm. version of uh, yep. Freddy's mm-hmm. glove. Yeah. Wait, Robert, did, did you have something like that that you ordered recently or that you wanted to order? Oh. You were sh- showing with us a Freddy glove or something? Yeah, I think it was like a part four glove I wanted to get nice. yeah. from like Trick or Treat Studios, you know? Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. They, they make good stuff, and the, the guy that actually uh, did the mold for Trick or Treat, uh, it's night. He's called I think Nightmare Gloves on Twitter or Instagram, but uh, apparently he's like years out. If you want to get a glove from him, because wow. I've always wanted yeah, a new Nightmare sucks. Glove. I have no idea how much it'll cost me, but I I, I emailed him a couple times. He never got back to me. <laughs> so so yeah, it's it's a handmade product and everything. Yeah, it's all handmade. Yeah, oh, yeah, handmade glove. Oh yeah, that that makes sense then. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. All right, we're going to shift to announcements for just a brief minute. Um, we are in the midst of doing our social media raffle. If you're watching this episode on the day it comes out, uh, the contest ends tomorrow, Monday, February the 20th at midnight. So hurry up and enter. If you go to the link in our Instagram bio and our Twitter, uh, so we've been posting it all over the place, uh, you still have time to enter. Uh, there'll be two winners selected, and they will each receive a $25 gift card from our friends at Fright Rags. Also, we want to give a shout out to our newest Patreon subscriber, Alyssa. Not only has she Aww. been on a few of our episodes, she's a great friend and amazing teacher, but she also is launching her own podcast that focuses on werewolf movies. It's called The Silver Scream, and you can follow her on Twitter at More Werewolves and on Instagram at Silver Scream Pod for updates. And uh, we'll definitely be having her on the show to talk more about it in the near future. For sure. All right, but tonight oh, we're talking about uh, season six, Tales from the Crypt episode number two, uh, which came out on, this is one of the three that premiered on the same night, Halloween 1994. Jody, give us our plot synopsis. All right. I'm a little little rusty on these Tales plot synopsis, so I, I have to get back into it. All right, we open on the Crypt Keeper playing poker with some skeletons with a human heart on the table, which he stabs like a, a spade into, and spade beats heart. Ah. All right. In our real story here, uh, we open on a Halloween party. Everyone's dancing around. They've got elaborate costumes on. And this guy named Carl comes into the party. And he tells people, he, he's complaining that no one's complimenting his costume, but it's a really half-assed pirate costume. <laughs> There's no hat involved. There's no eye patch. It sucks. Well, and you also see all these really cool costumes around him. Yeah. And and shout yeah. out for Jimmy Page actually playing his guitar left-handed. <laughs> but Jimmy I mean, Page like, or Jimi Hendrix. 
Oh, Jimi Hendrix. God, I hate Jimmy yeah, Page. Why did I say Jimmy Page? I know. <laughs> I was like, wow, man, of all the things to, to, to complain about. <laughs> my, my neighbors oh, at wow. the end of the road that I complain about all the time, they have a uh, poster of, of Jimmy, like a painting of Jimi Hendrix in their garage in their man cave, and he's playing the guitar right-handed and it just pisses uh, me off. Every, they piss me off <laughs> as it is, but every time I drive by, it, it just pisses me off even more. <laughs> anyway. Gotta be a stickler for accuracy, right? Uh, yeah, right. I mean, he's the most I think, one of the most iconic guitar players ever to exist. So. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. exactly. All right, so so Carl the half-assed pirate comes into the party. <laughs> <laughs> he, That's a very he, apt description. Yeah, uh, he wasn't invited though. He is an ass pirate. <laughs> he wasn't invited. He's he not supposed to be there. <laughs> And uh, his friend Bob tells him to to leave. He's like, if if you if my wife sees you here, I'm gonna be in trouble. Get out of here. He says, I'll just have one drink and then I'll get out. Then we meet Carl's ex girlfriend Linda, who finds him and talks about needing a court order to get rid of him. Says you can't force people to love you, no matter how many times you hit them. So uh, Carl's not a nice guy. Uh, Carl uh-huh. is is. Less of a half-ass pirate, more just an asshole pirate. He is a bad man. He beats his girlfriends, and uh, he threatens her and uh, threatens to kill her right there at the party. And then she tells him to hit him, and uh, Bob tries to make him leave. He refuses, goes into the kitchen, and instead punches a pumpkin as you do. <laughs> in the back of the room, there's a woman in this like pleather bag costume and got a really strange mask. Like it's really creepy, and. Uh, she says uh, that he has quite the temper, and he tries to justify himself by saying certain actions deserve justifiable actions. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but the woman agrees with him, and uh, she mentions that she's dressed as a body bag, calls herself a synthetic shield with a corpse inside, a come-as-you-are kind of thing. So we're, we're all dark and gothy here in this uh, kitchen, and uh, for some reason she invites Carl to leave with her. Uh, he asks her what her name is. She choose, She says, uh, you know, you choose what uh, you want it to be. And he says, Molly. And she says, what a coincidence. And I'm not really sure what what the coincidence was. But anyway. I was wondering, was it like a drug reference or something? Yeah, or, man. No. Yeah. No. Not, not in 1991, okay. I, I, I do Four. Yeah, I, Four. I'm not really sure that Molly, as we know it right now, was really that prevalent other than in the uh, underground rave scenes okay. at that right. time. So, yeah, yeah that, this uh, seems a little too early for Molly. It, it was probably like Quaid Lude back then or something, right? It was, it was, it was, yeah. I mean, they, I'm sure they had ecstasy. Like they just didn't call it Molly. Right. Yeah. Anyway, so that happens. I don't know why that <laughs> happens. They arrive at this decrepit building, and Molly immediately takes off the dress, saying that it's too hot. And then inviting him to touch her thighs because uh, what, what was it she says she can cook on them? Like, God, I don't know. <laughs> Light a match. She said. Light a match. Oh, burn a, burn a pack of cards or something burn like that. Burn a lucky that. strike. Yeah. No, no, no. It, yeah. It's it's Cigarettes. a uh, burn a pack of lucky strikes. That's and right. Then, and then I, I think that Carl says something. Oh, this is a whole carton. Yeah. Yeah. You could burn a whole carton. She had a big ass house for New York City, though. I'm just saying it's pretty decrepit, but that'd be like $9,000 a month easy, right? Something tells me she was squatting, but we can get <laughs> yeah. yeah, I get that idea. She's yeah. probably for this. But anyway, <laughs> they, he touches her thigh, and she she makes some suggestive moves. And then Carl, being the genius that he is, is like, uh, we go have sex, uh, which <laughs> almost blows it right there at that moment. Uh, but uh, they they get it going again. 
they agree to leave their mask on and uh, not find out any more about each other. Just first names only, mask only. And so they have sex, and Molly teaches him to get rid of his anger through sex. So later, he wakes up in Molly's bed, and he sees a man standing in the doorway, like with a screaming face, but then the man disappears. And then he hears power tools sounds. So he gets up, starts looking for her, and he sees this door, gets close to it. And about the time he gets to it, Molly kind of like comes out, you know, without opening the door all the way, closes it real quick behind her. And uh, she's got a drink in one hand and a power saw, uh, like a handheld power saw in the other hand. Which, I mean, at this point, you're thinking this this is a weird date. Um, I, I would probably be asking <laughs> questions by now. But Carl does not ask questions. Carl has, uh, he's fallen for her. He's He's wanting to know more about her. He wants to know her name. He wants to see her face. Uh, she just did so good that night before. Well, or an hour before. But she gives him a drink, he drinks it, and they lay on the bed together, and he tries to get her to give information out. He tells who he is, he tells his whole name, takes off his mask, all this. Of course he's like a stockbroker or something? Uh, yeah, CPA, a CPA, an, an accountant. Is. Yeah. Hey, my mom's an accountant. Yeah. Makes sense. Also, hey, nothing wrong with it. Well, no, nothing no. wrong with it, but oh, no, no. My this guy definitely is. My mom's also a terrible person. That's why I'm saying, like, so far I know two accounts, terrible people. So. <laughs> So, but he he uh she she doesn't want to share any information and she falls asleep while he's talking and he gets mad and like flips her over and then he apologizes and he, she says don't be here when i wake up so he goes to the bathroom and he starts digging through a medicine cabinet and finds all her prescription bottles but all the names have been rubbed off so he goes through her purse no id in the purse he digs around some more finds uh some mail and it's all addressed to occupant or resident. And you can see Carl's getting pretty dizzy at this point. The room's kind of spinning around. But he stumbles back to that room where Molly was earlier and goes inside. Inside the room, there's a big wardrobe and some paint supplies. And he opens the wardrobe. And it is filled with, like, men's faces that maybe mask, but definitely look like human skin, all hanging up in this wardrobe. And their cockroaches crawling all over him. It's very upsetting. I, the cockroaches were more upsetting to me than the the faces. I, I could handle Ooh. I could handle a skinned face on my floor. I don't want a cockroach in my house. Like, do cockroaches <laughs> generally go after like decaying flesh? I don't know. Is that, is that, know. Is that more of a maggot just, thing? I don't know. Just, I don't know. I, I I've never seen anything like that in movies. So yeah, yeah, yeah. This this it's maybe not scientifically accurate. <laughs> That's the kind of question of someone actually didn't know the answer to. I'd be worried. Right. Yeah, just <laughs> yeah, no off kidding. the top of my head. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Does skin faces attract cockroaches? I'm going to ask. I'll get you on the list. I'm going to ask my Don't Google that. Yeah, don't Google that. That's going to get you on a list. Someone's going to come I'll just ask my pest yeah. control guy. He'll know. <laughs> All right. So uh, he, he goes over to the bed where she is and attacks her and uh, cuts her with her own saw and then tries to pull off her mask. But as he scratches at it, trying to pull it off, he cuts it with his fingernails and she starts bleeding. Uh, it's not a mask. This is her real face. She was born this way. And the drink that she gave him earlier has made him too weak to fight back. So she takes that power saw and removes his face and adds it into her collection, ending the episode. Wow, chilling. Yep. <laughs> Jeez. This is a pretty impressive collection, too. Like she's yeah. doing some work. 
You yeah, could like, uh, definitely put down that Etsy, get some uh, <laughs> bank on it. Yeah, wasn't there? Didn't uh, Carl at one point see uh, one of the dudes who uh, whose faces was in there? You know, yeah, like, yeah. Uh, I, I forgot to mention his face was yeah. one of the ones hanging in there. It's like he, a yeah, phantom. Oh, he, I don't know what's up with that. that oh, like, he was he, freaking he, out. A ghost yeah, room. yeah. He appears briefly, but then is gone next time he looks. So I, I'm not really sure if that was supposed to be like a supernatural thing or if. He was really back there, and she was working on him. I don't know. No, I think it was supernatural, but we we can get into that. All right, let's tell our uh, friends, uh, Bo, Ashley, Robert, tell us what you thought of this episode. First off, I kind of feel like this movie, this this movie, this episode is more or less Last Tango in Paris meets Texas Chainsaw Massacre a little bit, <laughs> you know, because it kind of has that element, you know, like like in uh, Last Tango where Brando's character uh, meets this girl and, and they just go on this tryst they have no uh, they don't want to know each other's names they don't want to know each other's information but eventually one of the guys the, the guy kind of breaks down and starts giving that information and then you know it just doesn't lead to good things but and just throwing a dose of uh, good old Leatherface and uh, his propensity <laughs> for wearing masks and you kind of got this episode more or less but minus also, the uh, stick of butter yeah oh yeah <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah. That that's that's a whole can of worms right there. Um, but also, I mean, I mean, I I think that it's an interesting take on a whole femme fatale scenario. You know? Yeah, yeah I kind of have a headcanon. Like, I feel like she only goes after bad men, like like abusers and yeah, the like. no, because yeah, Carl is very much just shown as incredibly unlikable from the get go. I mean, yeah, fuck that he's, guy. He's stalking his friend's ex, his friend's girlfriend, his ex girlfriend for Christ's sake. You know, mm. I mean, he's he's he obviously doesn't respect boundaries. You know, and, and but but he goes from like promising like oh no you're different from the others. Uh, I would never do that. And then within not even a minute, not even a minute. Yeah. <laughs> as he does gets fucking violent with her. Like, oh, yeah. yeah, it's not, uh, it, yeah, it's, it's, it's not a good scenario scenario at all. It's not a good look at all. But and, I mean, that seems to be up with tales from the protagonists are unlikable. Or- very much so. Yeah. That that's kind of a, huge point and a running theme throughout uh, most of the tales of the crypt episodes is that a lot of it is just bad people getting their comeuppance you know mm-hmm. oh, yeah. i mean in, in a way in a way they work they work as morality plays in a way yeah you know? i mean th- sometimes right they here is very much a- i was gonna say sometimes okay. they try to give them like something somewhat redeem not maybe not redeeming but something to like cling on to to help you relate this is like probably one of the most th- through and through like detestable um, people on the show to get yeah. their come up. It's really yeah. like fuck this you're guy. Wait, you're waiting for it to be doing. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but but I mean, honestly, I think this is a fitting comeuppance for him. I mean, mm-hmm. she's yep. very much like she's she's a faceless woman. You know, I mean, she's mm-hmm. pretty much every woman that he's beat and he's exploited and he's uh, just used. You know, and and it's just finally being turned back around on him. Right. I think that's why I like it. Yeah. 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 Yeah, like Robert, what did you think about the whole angle with the masks and everything? Like, especially with the Leatherface masks. Like, <laughs> um, pretty much her just taking her trophies, you know. Yeah. All the guys she sleeps with, right? Yeah, exactly. Kind of like a Black Widow praying mantis type of yeah, thing. Like but a, oh, yeah, exactly. Like Silent Killer. 
yeah, Black Widow. Yeah. Definitely. It, it makes for an interesting kind of uh, really mysterious serial killer character in a way because yeah. it, it's obvious that sh- she's been doing this a lot. Yeah. You know? Right. And, you know, and, and if you uh, take uh, Ashley's uh, headcanon about uh, all these victims just being abusers, I mean, yeah, maybe she's kind of a purifying force in a way and, you know, k- kind of an angel of death. Yeah. Yeah. She can, know, only come out, she can only come out to, like, costume parties in Halloween night, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that, that makes sense, you know, because that's the only way that she can get away with being out in public and out with her face like that. I mean, unless she has some other elaborate way of making herself up to move along you know daily life or whatever right do you guys think that the like the white paleness of it is paint or is that is that literally how her face is i i think that it's probably some kind of uh putty or something like that i'm not really sure what she's made of she says that she was born that way so I, I mean, look like flesh when he was really scratchy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, well, I'm more mean like the complexion. Whether she's ma- she's yeah. making herself to look like a doll to make it look more oh, the, the complexion, maybe so. I think. I, I guess mean, that would make more sense. Yeah. The, the the only indication that we see that she uses any makeup is near the end, where she takes the blood off of the saw and uses that as lipstick. Right. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, maybe she does. I don't know. Uh, I mean, her, there's no there's no rather wrong answer. It's just postulating. Her condition uh, reminds me of of a condition that's uh, called Harlequin babies. I mean, yeah, go go look that up. I mean, it, it's yeah. a very horrifying thing, and and that's that's all over a baby's body and whatnot. So, mm-hmm. but I mean, that that's the only other thing that I can think of that could give that type of uh, you know facial birth defect. Yeah, mm. you know, but. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I also like how edgy she is, you know? Oh, yeah. she, she is, like, pretty much every goth girl's, like, well, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to take that back, you know, now that we have Jenna Ortega's Wednesday. Now, <laughs> you know, that, 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 that's pretty much uh, emo girl Bully McGuire right there. That's right. Yeah. And, uh, but, like, I, I think that for a 90s goth girl type, like, she's an interesting archetype of that. Like, she... She's very much very cynical and everything, and she doesn't want to, you know, her, her sexuality is very, like, hidden and mysterious and everything, so, yeah. She, she definitely, like, pulls off, I think, attractiveness without you seeing, you know, her face, or you actually are seeing her face, right? But, you know, even without that, I think she pulls off this this quality of attractiveness just in her 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 confidence and, like, kind of that just, like, edgy nature, I think, you know? Like, or at least for anyone like me, like, I'm into the whole goth aesthetic, so it, <laughs> it was working for me. Yeah. yeah. Honestly, her face is not that aesthetically unpleasing, honestly. No. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I, the, the whole mask, I thought, was was pretty creepy. But I think I still would have fallen for it too. <laughs> I mean, if I was Carl, if I was Carl, I'd probably follow her home too. I, I don't yeah. care if it's June, but the mask stays on. I don't care what month it is. <laughs> All right, let's oh, move on yeah, to Mondo. Right? <laughs> no, I, Mondo, I, what'd you, Mondo, what'd you think of this oh, episode? Yeah. 
I, I really enjoy this one. I think everything you said is accurate too. And uh, at the beginning, I thought they were going to kind of go almost into like, she's going to be a succubus or something like that. You know, taking these terrible human beings and sucking their souls out or whatever. So I was kind of intrigued because the name is only skin deep. I'm like, well, they got to do something with the face. And I thought, well, maybe that's one of her victims. This is decayed and she painted over it. Uh, but I, I really like the direction they went in there. Um, if I have any really complaints about this, it's, I, I really hate when this asshole shows up at the party and the guy who it's his house doesn't just drag him out by the collar and say, get the fuck out of my yeah. house. Yeah. All right. And, yeah, uh, yeah, he's he's very much the cuck in that situation. <laughs> oh, yeah. Very much to so. say. And it's one of those things when you hear women say, like, hey, if, if you know, if you have friends that are like this and you're part of the problem, this this guy was obviously part of the part of the problem too for staying friends with this asshole. Well, he didn't yeah. invite him to the party for the record. He did not invite him to the party, but still, like sure. I, you know, I, there's someone in my life who is an abuser, and if he showed up at my house at a house party, he's going out the back door one way or another. It's not going to be a question of who, and I'm sure yeah. everybody would back me up on that. <laughs> like, yep. Oh, 100%. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Same here. Yeah. No. So I was like, get this fucking guy out of here. So I'm glad he got his in the end. Um, uh, the weird part about it was kind of in the middle. It was almost shot like I was thinking maybe a mid-'90s grunge band kind of music video. Mm-hmm. where yeah. they had that sweeping shot that came on the bed, and I was thinking, oh, this is a Days of the New music video or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I, I could think was MTV. We, we can get into the pedigree of this a little bit, because the, the director did do the House of the Haunted Hill remake and yeah. Fear.com, so that, it's oh, very much in that vein. I looked up what he did, and what I thought was really cool was from this to, you can definitely see his style on there, right? Mm-hmm. And I think he cleaned it up a lot for House on Haunted Hill when he got money to kind of see his vision. Because I'll be honest, that the ghoul or whatever, the ghost, really threw me off. Because yeah. he had that really weird scene where he stuttered and he, and like, uh, am I watching a music video now or am I watching a, a, a Tales episode? <laughs> yeah, we probably didn't need that. No. Per se. Uh, but I get where it leads to him finally having yeah. the realization of opening the, the, the wardrobe and seeing the masks in there. Um, but I'm always impressed though when you can have such a small set and such a small cast mm-hmm. and have two people that can just play off each other though and still make an entertaining 25 minutes or however long it was. So um, again, we talk about this, how everyone says, ah, oh, you're getting into the doldrums of Tales from the Crypt. I think we're actually two for two so far this season. Yeah. And I'm kind of excited to see where we go from here. I know it's not always going to be this good, but uh, I'll take it for now. Yeah. Yeah. Jody. Yeah, I I enjoyed this one. Uh, It was a good welcome back since I wasn't on for last week's episode. Um, Yeah, no, I I thought it was a really strong episode. Um, You've got those two characters and the way they interact. I mean, they really have to carry this whole thing, right? And they do. I, I think they make it interesting. They uh, have this kind of tense but interesting relationship. And I like, I like that she made him fall for her before all this happened too. Like he became, you know, as as somebody who is a manipulator, and you could tell that that's kind of his whole thing. He was manipulated this entire time, and I like mm-hmm. that. That's what happened to him. And he, I, he deserved it. And I definitely think sexually, there's something in that for her, right? Like it's a one day, um, like you oh, guys yeah. mentioned. There's one day that she can come out and be herself. So she's gonna, mm-hmm. you know, she's gonna do what she needs to do to stay happy as well before she uh, takes their face off. Yeah, <laughs> John Travolta. Yeah. Will love this movie. <laughs> totally right, <laughs> Nicholas Cage. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you know, I, I enjoy a irredeemable tales villain, and he definitely was because I, I, I like I like an episode of Tales where I'm waiting for something bad to happen to somebody. 
you know, <laughs> you know, it's going to in most episodes and sometimes you're dreading it. But this time, you know, I was definitely looking forward to whatever was going to happen to him. And uh, I'm glad I'm glad for it. It was good stuff. Well, yeah, uh, it's kind of a it's kind of a vision with. Uh, oh, oh, we freeze. Oh. We froze up for a little bit there. Sorry. Oh, your, your video is frozen, but you guys are good. OK, right. good. <laughs> yeah, I don't really remember what I was going to say, so. <laughs> so I'll, I'll hop in. Um, yeah, I love this episode. This is one I very, very distinctly remember watching. I must have been 13 or 14. And it was on Fox, so they must have cut out some of the sex scenes. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I definitely was, <laughs> as, as a young uh, pubescent boy, I was definitely feeling things about this character. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. <laughs> Imagine if you just seen this on HBO, like you, might have I know. <laughs> um, and I'm going to, I'm going to go kind of reverse on it. This, so the main actress in this played Molly is Sherry Rose. Who's a fantastic actress. Um, she started off on a couple episodes of full house and married with children. She was previously on tales of the crypt, uh, on the dead man's chest, playing another really kick-ass character. Um, and then she had a small role in Demon Knight. Um, and she's just all around a badass chick. <laughs> this is not, she's just awesome. Something about the way she plays this character is just so captivating to me. I, this is one I would love to see like more of her story. Like a whole, I could watch a whole movie about that character. Mm-hmm. You get, like, the rest of the background yeah. or like her like stalking other men, almost like a promising young woman starring like yeah, a yeah. Leatherface kind of character. Yeah. Yeah. I, I could see that. I'd watch yeah. it. Yeah, definitely. Um, <laughs> And then Craig, uh, sorry, Carl's played by Peter on a Terry. Um, he had a small role in Goodfellas. Hmm? Nothing. Keep going. He had a small role in Goodfellas. He was in Camp Nowhere. More recently, he was in This Is Us with a lot of episodes. He has, a, fant- again. He has a fantastically punchable face. Yes. Uh, oh, my God. Infinitely punchable, yeah. man. I mean, I, I just looked at this. I'm, I'm this motherfucker. <laughs> Yeah, in in a show about terrible he's, people, he's like probably right at the top of the list. I, like him, yeah, and like it, the guy it, from it like the thing from the grave. Stand out. Yeah, I bet he was trying to become yeah, an NFL exactly. referee. It takes a lot to stand <laughs> out of that. Uh, this was directed by William Malone. As we said, he did House on the Haunted Hill, also produced by Gil Adler. He did Fear dot com. He did three episodes of Freddy's Nightmares. So he's Got a really good horror cred. Nice. Um, thematically, yeah. yeah. yeah needless to say. I, 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 I was thinking about as you guys were talking about it, and it's interesting that there's this woman who's, quote, monstrous on the outside, who's hunting down men who are monstrous on the inside. And mm-hmm. uh, that's a really interesting uh, dichotomy that they're kind of playing with there. Um, yeah. So, again, I, I feel, I, again, I, this is the kind of crypt I like, where I'm left wanting more. We're like, I, I can they can make this a whole movie and I would watch it. So um, with a lot of good stuff going on there. Yeah. Why couldn't this have been the movie instead of Bordello of Blood? I say that kind of somewhat unironically, or maybe I will just go and say ironically like that movie. So, but yeah, this would be a way more compelling movie than that. Or hear me out. So Sherry Rose's Molly goes after Dennis Miller from Bordello Blood. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. That's the movie it, I want to see. It, well, Make it, him a recurring character, kind of. Yeah. In, in could it, movies. Yeah. Could it be the same character, but just played by a different actor, though. 
Yeah. yeah, but, it, but yeah, well, the point is to watch her terrorize Dennis Miller. Okay, I respect this. Yeah, that, that's why. That's why I want <laughs> her ripping Dennis Miller getting his face off. pulled off. You know, I want Dennis Miller sitting at Monday Night Football desk back in like what ninety ninety six. Yeah. When he comes in after him, yeah, I'd be oh, down for that. <laughs> no, that no, it, it should actually be Dennis Miller. There you go, playing himself. Yeah, as himself, <laughs> which he already does anyways. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm pretty sure he never watches any of the movies he's in and just assumes he's playing himself the whole time. Yeah, that guy sucks too. <laughs> All right, Jody, give us oh, our uh, <laughs> comic comparison. All right, so this comes from Tales from the Crypt number 38, the October 1953 issue. Uh, it's the same issue as Morning Mess, the one with the uh, ghouls underneath the uh, graveyard. Uh, written by Bill Gaines and Al Feldstein, art by Reed Crandall. And it, it <laughs> follows the same basic structure as this story, but it, it takes it in a little bit of different direction. Uh, so we meet a man named Herbert, who five years ago, he met a woman named Suzanne at a Mardi Gras party in New Orleans. And she was wearing this like witch mask. And every year since then, he has gone back during Mardi Gras week to see this woman. This is the fifth year. He's decided this year he's going to actually start a relationship with her and not have to wait a whole year between seeing her. This is a precursor to someone falling in love with a stripper. Yeah, it, it does have that kind of vibe of like <laughs> the thirties version. Yeah. <laughs> like I, I really only want to see you one week out of the year. I'm cool with that. But that, um, but he, he, he asks her if uh, she will marry him right there on the dance floor and uh, without ever having seen her face. She's had this mask on every time he's seen her. And uh, he said it doesn't matter what she looks like. She's, she's worried. But he says, no, I don't care what's under there. I know you. I love you. I want to marry you. And they leave the party and he asks again and she says yes. And he tries to take off the mask to give her a kiss. She says, no, we need to wait till we get married. And let's, let's do it right now. And so they find a justice of the peace who's willing to stay up late and marry two people who are dressed in costumes. And uh, he does it. And uh, later in their hotel, he again tries to take off the mask. Uh, but she turns off the lights. And we get some implied stripping in this comic for children. Uh, and then they have sex together in this comic for children. <laughs> and... Uh, as he lays there, he realizes that he really has never seen her face, not even once in all the five years uh, that he's been seeing her. And he turns on the light and sees that she's laying in bed still with the mask on. And so he starts to take it off and he takes off the mask and her real face underneath the mask looks exactly the same. But then he wakes up. And she is actually laying there in the bed with the mask still on. And that dream freaked him out. He's worried about what's going to happen. And so he starts to pull on the mask and she wakes up and she says, no, please don't. And he's pulling on it and he's all stressed out. And so he pulls on it really hard, digs his fingers in and rips the mask off. And the last panel, she's laying on the pillow and her face is gone. It's just blood and raw flesh and like lipless teeth. He has ripped off her actual face and her last words to him are, I never wore a mask, Herbie. And then she dies. Jeez. Yeah. So, Jody, would you let your kids read this comic book? Eh, probably. 
not? I mean, the guy who like what you said you watched Train to Busan. Yeah, we watched Train to Busan last night. That's at least it wasn't the sadness. That's a violent movie, but the story behind it is what. Yeah, no, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. It makes me cry. Uh, Um, Yeah. I didn't no, my kids that. are all close enough to teenagers now that yeah, I let them. But okay, honestly, I mean, it's I, a very yeah, these, it's a very shocking panel. I, I read through it yeah. real quick. No, the whole um, face is gone. It's it's a gruesome reveal. Tales from the Crypt likes their last panels mm-hmm. to be the shocking panel. It's a good one. I, I, I was nice. impressed by it. And this is one of the adaptations I lo- I really like where they take the story. They don't stray too far from it, mm-hmm. but they just color it in much more. Like in the sto- in the comic. Herbert or whatever is just kind of a bland guy. There's nothing about him, but they really took it to an extreme on this in the episode, which I really like. Well, they they updated it too. You know, mm-hmm. instead of it being like I have seen you five weeks, so let's get married and find a justice of the peace in the night. Instead, it's this whole femme fatale thing, and mm-hmm. uh, he's an asshole who deserves what's coming to him. And yeah, I they they take it and, and expand it without completely discarding what the comic was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it kind it kind of feels like uh, they kind of skinamaxed it a little bit. A little bit, you know yeah. I mean, because it kind of, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, it, it, I feel that's kind of indicative of a lot of later season uh, tales from the crypt, and I think that that's because around that era, you know, you had like Cinemax and Showtime. They were showing a lot of those, you know, more erotic thrillers and everything, mm-hmm. you know. So I think that that started to kind of, kind of have a little bit of an influence on Tales from the Crypt, and sure. uh, this episode right here is very indicative. Yeah, was this was this the, the era of the on. rich? The mask stays on. Pandemic rules. Yeah, was was this the era? <laughs> was this the era of the Red Shoe Diaries? I feel like we're yep. getting some crossover here in the early nineties. Red Shoe Diaries. I watched a lot of that over at friends' houses tonight. <laughs> or more more along the lines of like erotic confessions. There you go. Yeah, along that line. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, I really feel like that had a uh, effect of that because I was watching this. And I was like, man, I mean, Tales from the Crypt is horny as hell. I mean, <laughs> there, are some horny, there are some horny episodes, some real horny, no, episodes. Some, horny episodes. I will say, though, for as much as a reputation as this series has, they're definitely horny episodes, but never as ex- they're not usually as explicit as this episode gets. Yeah, they usually get like a full on sex scene in this one. Yeah, I you can think of another episode that has like an extended sex scene like this. Well, and this the show, like it had this reputation before, mm-hmm. like at the beginning of Demon Night. Like that's even what they're playing yeah. with, with the whole like nude scene at the beginning is like that's what you expect from Tales from the Crypt. But now after watching this, we're on season six. There's really not that much of that in the series so far. Oh. I mean, maybe season six and seven are all horny all oh. the time. I don't know. <laughs> it hasn't but been so far. We are watching. Maybe for the time it was, and we're just desensitized. Yeah, I said, we're also yeah. watching it through a 2023 lens now at this point, That's where true. it's. Uh, although, I have guess. You, have you seen that thing that people are talking about on Twitter where uh, younger people are getting mad about sex scenes in movies, saying they're not consenting to watching it? It's like, yeah, fuck, fuck, oh, out, of, fuck out of here. What? This yeah, is yeah, a, yeah, yeah, you're, you're, real you're watching the fucking movie. Exactly. Yeah, I, I, I read that's, a tweet earlier consent. today that said all Gen Z wants is for the Hayes Code to be re-implemented. Oh, like, <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't put a whole lot of stock into, into, what, into that whole thing, Gen Z... Whatever. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I know, I'm sure it's blown up proportion. I just think like, yeah, uh, there are a handful I, of people who are very uncomfortable with it. But then I, I, I and then I see their tweets though, and they're like, "Yeah, I hate watching this with my parents." I'm like, "You're 14. Stop it." Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Watch this movie in your room, kid. It's a vocal minority on Twitter. It's a vocal minority. Yeah. 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 
Exactly. That's what I'm about to say. It's, it's always usually like some uh, journalist makes some puff piece based off of like one or two tweets that somebody said on Twitter, you know, and, and it's so, blown up to mean like, oh, this is the entirety of the left or something like that. I, well, I, uh, I, I will say I went you know? to yeah. see Infinity Pool yesterday. Have, has anyone seen it? No. No, no spoilers. No, I want to see that. So no bad. spoilers, but there is there are some very explicit sex scenes in this movie, it's, which you know it's Brendan Cronenberg. You know you expect that yeah. kind of thing. Still, so one of my favorite. Uh, I have to Twitter comments. I have to be. Was, go ahead. Hmm? Sorry. So one of my favorite Twitter comments was someone saying, uh, you're, "You guys are scared of sex scenes." I watched Secretary with my parents when I was fifteen. Cowards. Right. <laughs> well, no, I was sitting next to a boy who had to have been between I don't know thirteen and fifteen. <laughs> and the, like I said, there's some very, very explicit scenes in this movie. And I'm like, I mean, he's there with his father, and I'm like, ah, this, feel, uh, this feels weird. I mean, oh, very weird. None of you motherfuckers warned me before I took my child to go see uh, Midsummer. So just saying. <laughs> well, and then I was watching Seinfeld last night with my wife. And it was the episode where he goes to Schindler's List and makes out with his girlfriends. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't and then I totally had this re- flashback. <laughs> To when my parents took me and my sister to see Schindler's List on Christmas Day. <laughs> and my sister, I must have been 14, and my sister must have been like nine. And I remember my sister like bawling throughout the movie, and my parents Gosh. taking her out either. Jason, I have this image of your, like you in the 1950s. You're like, I know it didn't come out of the 50s, but your dad just dressed his business suit mad on Christmas Day going, fuck it, kids, we're going to go see Schindler's List. Fuck Christmas. <laughs> Like, <laughs> I mean, you know, we're Jewish. That's what we do. We go yeah. see movies, and that was the movie to go That's see. For some reason, my parents thought it was okay to take us. Oh, wow. And I, and I texted my sister. She's like, I don't remember this, but it explains a lot. Mm-hmm. When I traumatize my kids with movies, I at least have zombies in them. Yeah, yeah it's totally oh, fun. Dude, I would have rather, rather taken her to watch Cannibal Holocaust just than have to sit through that scene. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but for the record, she was 17 at the time. So it's not like, <laughs> but God damn it. Fuck that. All right. Do we have any final thoughts on this episode? Okay. Then let's move to our episode I reading. Mean... Oh. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Okay. Well, you can give your final thoughts while we do oh, our no, uh, ratings. So uh, we do zero to five, five okay, being the best, zero being the worst. You can do half points. Uh, Jody, we're going to start with you. Yeah, this uh, this one feels like a solid four to me. Uh, it's a really good episode. Really enjoyed it. All right, Mondo. Same boat. I'm going to give us a, a good solid four. All right, and uh, we'll go with Bo. I'm going to go with a four as well. I mean, this was a very well-constructed episode, really well-acted. I mean, uh, both of the actors, I mean, they really, really like uh, – even chewed scenery here and there, and it was very enjoyable. Yeah. So, yeah, it's definitely uh, the kind of episode that I expect from late season uh, tales. So, yeah, good for, okay. solid four. All right. Uh, Robert. Um, I'm going to go for two. Um, I remember watching this episode, and I hadn't seen it in a, in a while, and it really reminded me of something out of the Masters of Horror collection, you know? Yeah, I can see mm-hmm. that for sure. So, Kind of really exciting watching that again. Yeah, All right. and uh, I'm actually, gonna give it a solid four. Yeah, I'm gonna give it a solid uh, a four point five. Actually, <laughs> nice. Um, an extra point five for comeuppance. <laughs> 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 oh, definitely, yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna like go with the f- assholes get their upcoming. Yeah, I'm going with the four point five as well. I think this is such a really kind of elevated episode with the directing and the acting. 
I think Sherry Rose is just so damn good at this. Yeah. And Peter Ontari is just so good at being so bad at this. It's like, oh, detestable. <laughs> but you just really bring, everyone brings their A game. It makes, again, I saw this when I was, again, probably mid 90s, something like that. It, I remember it very well. So it like made a real big impression. And that, that, that earns a little extra for me. Carl's the kind of guy that I call holding the last two minutes of the Super Bowl. ouch okay now a word from our uncle al hi it's alan only skin deep is one of my favorite crypt episodes it's a freaky pas de deux danced by peter Onorati and the wonderful sherry rose talk about glorious bleakness industrial strength angst and a creeping dread that never lets up sherry's the anchor of the piece What makes her performance stand out is her ability to do nothing. As the story goes on, her stillness becomes more and more ominous. It's kind of like Nietzsche's abyss staring back at us. Peter's good, too. Alas, for him in this episode, his character's the cat toy that doesn't know it's a cat toy until it's too late. The harder lift is Sherry's. On the one hand, she can hide behind that strange mask, but on the other... She has to convey everything her character's feeling with the mask in her way. Even though her character's pretty much in control the whole time, Sherry needs to convince the audience of her vulnerability as she's convincing Peter's character. It's all a terrible trap, of course. Just my humble opinion, one of the most underrated directors of all time is the guy who directed this episode, Bill Malone. Bill directed two episodes, this and Report from the Grave, one of the handful of decent episodes we made in England. In addition to an understated grace, Bill brings a set of anamorphic lenses to the dance. They give a lot of his work that deep-set feeling of German expressionist creepiness. I wish I could point to a huge hit on Bill's resume, but Bill was unlucky more than anything else. Unlucky, that is, until he bought and then later sold the Robbie the Robot from Forbidden Planet. Bill's a collector of Hollywood stuff. Bill sold Robbie in 2017 for 5.83 million bucks. For comparison's sake, the white dress Marilyn Monroe wore in the seven-year itch scored 4.6 million at auction in 2011, and the original 1966 Batmobile sold for 4.6 million in 2013. 5.38 million. That'll lick a lot of wounds and make them feel better. See you next time. And we're back. All right, Mondo, give us our song of the day. All right, I'm, I'm going to go with a uh, – man, I'm having trouble to remember what bands I've done before. and I'm trying not to repeat, and I've repeated many times. But I'll go with a band from Australia as a shout-out to our good friend uh, Aussie Andy, uh, all the way out there in the land of spiders and plants that will fucking kill you if you look at them wrong. Uh, it is a, a band called Advent. Yeah, have you heard of that one plant that if you brush against it, it's like excruciating yeah. pain for up to years? What the fuck, Australia? God damn it. Mm, but, uh, Christ. No, I want to go to Australia, but I'm, just af- I'm afraid. I'm like afraid of everything in Australia. Except for the people. The people are amazing. But the fact that like you walk outside your room and you look at a plant and now you have like leprosy. I don't know. I don't know how it works. But uh, <laughs> uh, the, the, the band I picked is, uh, is, is a band from Australia. Uh, they're a black metal band that released their last record in 2019. So I hope they're still active, but the first album I heard from them was called As All Light Leaves Her. Uh, came out in 2015. And the song I'm going to pick off this record is called Skin to Suffer In. 
which I think uh, fits really well with this episode. And uh, the band members, this is the only band they've ever really done, so I don't have like a cool story I can give you guys, except for I had to buy this on tape when it came out because <laughs> uh, there's always been this really big like tape resurgence in uh, the metal community because they're cheap. And you can put them out for a decent price, and people can buy your music and listen to it, even though it might not be the ideal uh, format. But there's something still that's nice about putting a physical analog piece of media in, and listening to it that way. Um, so, yeah, Advent Sorrow, Skin to Suffering, off the record, As All Light Leaves Her from 2015. Uh, check them out. It's always good to support independent music and independent artists. Well, I mean, it is black metal. I mean, it makes sense that it would be on an analog format that to me that's the best way that black metal sounds <laughs> well, well they actually they that's actually at its best they have know? actually decent production whereas like you know some of those bands it's like they took a boom box yeah. and threw it into a closet closed the door and recorded three rooms away and hope it sounded okay <laughs> i i kind of like that that aesthetic though the real proto black metal dark throne sound oh, kind dude. of like yeah, same boat. Like I'm, I'm a, I'm a huge black metal geek. That's my, that's my shit. <laughs> well, like, I, mean, I love, yeah. I love grimy. Just uh, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Like, but the one thing about those early bands that were really good, though, even though they had lo-fi production, you could still hear the instruments. It wasn't. I, I think it's weird when modern bands like go out of their way to have horrible production when you can still have it be analog and have it be kind of gritty. But I, I don't want it to sound like your guitar is run through like a Fisher Price. Uh, karaoke yeah. set or something. <laughs> yeah, well, like, exactly. I mean, I'm an audio engineer. I'm an audio engineer and oh, a music wow. producer. I have produced a, a band before, so I mean, I actually <laughs> prefer to go with as natural a sound as possible. I mean, I even it. using like less microphones on a uh, on a drum kit. You know, like <sighs> I mean, you don't necessarily need. To, I know that metal drums need to be really, really like ultra isolated and everything, but. I mean, sometimes you can do a lot with just like a kick, a kick mic, a snare mic, and maybe just a few overheads. So you're, you know? you're a man close to my heart. You can do a lot with those. <laughs> I, I think one of the problems with modern metal and modern, like I, I can't listen to most modern death metal because it's so overproduced, and it's so, um, yeah. it just doesn't sound organic. Nothing about it sounds organic. And I'm calling out all modern, most modern metal I, vocalists yeah. too. Like, like back in the day, these guys just destroyed their throats. They're like, this fuck, I'll destroy my throat. I don't need to learn how to do this. But there was a, there was a quality <laughs> to that that was endearing. Whereas now everything sounds so produced and so clean. It's like, I, I miss the days of hearing a band that sounds like it's four guys jamming in a living room and they set a microphone exactly. up. Exactly. <laughs> it, it, it never, it doesn't sound like there's actual people in a room jamming. I mean, I understand that when you're tracking, I mean, that's kind of the point yeah. a little bit, but you, you usually have like scratch, uh, scratch tracks, you know, where you get the band together and you just, they play out there, uh, you mic them up and they play, you know, and you build the uh, mix and you build everything off of that, you know, you build your mix. I'm so happy you know, right so. now. <laughs> yeah. I just keep thinking about that scene. I'm sure this movie's like a huge poser from yep. uh Lords of was it Lords of Chaos? Lords of Chaos, yeah. Yeah. Where that yeah. one guy like, I'm just gonna leave the microphone in the middle of the room and then record everything. But, they're like, that's gonna sound like shit. He's like, I know. And they're all like, oh. but that's legit what they did and uh and Varg Vikers, that guy's a piece of shit. I love the fact yeah. that he was so mad that they hired a Jewish kid to play him in the movie, which is like the best thing ever. <laughs> he's thing ever. So mad. That's an awesome FU. Um, nice. But he, yeah. uh, but he literally, when he recorded the first uh, Burzum record, just found the, the shittiest microphone he could possibly find. 
which is mm-hmm. just like oh yeah. I, I get that, that that there's so many musicians who will never tell you that their band was that that band was their inspiration because of what he did was revolutionary, but the guy still fucking sucks. Yeah, that guy oh, really absolutely. sucks. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, um, oh, on another note, just for shits and giggles last night, I threw on um, Heavy Metal Parking Lot on YouTube. I haven't seen that. Oh, wow. You've never seen Heavy never Metal seen Parking that, Lot? No. I know exactly what it is, but I've never watched it. It's amazing. I love it. It's only like 20 minutes, but it's just the perfect slice of of like a moment in so, 1986 or whatever. Oh, what's crazy, like back in the day, you go to these shows, like it has you in Vegas, at least, Thomas and Mack Center, and the parking lot was crazy. People just doing drugs and drinking. Mm-hmm. You don't get that anymore because now all the shows out, well, out here, like the big shows, like when when Max Cavalera bands played, the Cavalera Brothers played, it was at the Mandalay Bay. So you park in the parking garage, have to go through the elevator through the nice casino. But me and my buddy go into the elevator, and this guy runs up to us, goes, "Bros, I have beers for you." So he hands us beers. I'm like, well, "I'm gonna drink this with him." He goes, "I'll be back. I forgot my drugs." He goes, "I have drugs, but I forgot my other drugs." <laughs> and I was like, "That's all I could think about." I'm like I haven't experienced this since I was like 19. <laughs> Wow. And then we saw him later That's in the show. Awesome. He punched me way too hard in the shoulder. I'm way too old to get punched okay. hard in the shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's my that's my recommendation. Everyone go uh, Google uh, or YouTube uh, Heavy Metal Parking Lot. Man, I, I guess they're gonna talk about metal for like hours and hours and hours. <laughs> I love hell it so yeah, much. Hell yeah, <laughs> All right. Well, we got Jody winning the ra- in the uh, wings. Uh, Jody, you have some horror news for us? Yeah. Um, so I just wanted to take a moment of appreciation as a horror fan for how much horror is coming out right now. Like there are tons of horror movies. This is just what's come out or some of what's come out in the last week. Okay. We got the outwaters, which is like a found footage type movie that's being compared to Skinamarink, which, you know, it's not for everybody, but I'm glad that it's getting out there. Did you watch it at a CFF? No, I I didn't. Uh, I can, I'll give a short review of it as in if you hate shaky cams, Yeah. yeah, but um, it's worth watching. And the last it was one of the movies I watched. And I was like, eh. and the last twenty minutes, I'm like, what the fuck? So uh, it was it was get it was getting a thumbs down for me. I'm not gonna lie. And in the end, I'm like, yeah, thumbs up. It, it, it turned it around for me, and I'm excited for that. What that director does next. Well, speaking of uh, things that I'm excited about, there's a movie called She Came from the Woods, which is a camp slasher mm. with yeah. William Sadler in it. Yes. Like, New new camp slasher, new William Sadler. It's my love language here. Yeah, supposedly. So we occasionally we do reviews for Blade and Horror, and they said they have a screener, and I need to follow up on that because I want to watch the fuck out of that. Uh, Another one is another another love language of mine, uh, Consecration, which is a non exploitation movie with Jenna Malone in it. So yeah, again, speaking my language. Fuck yeah, I, I I have Killer Nun right down here, man. I exploitation is, is the shit. It's good oh, stuff. Yeah. Um, Jody, Jody, you have like a whole episode about nuns, yes. like a three hour like <laughs> Odyssey. Yeah. yeah, on uh on my and Joe's podcast, which we haven't done an episode in a while, but no film left behind. We have like a three hour discussion of about seven different exploitation movies, including awesome. Benedetta that came out last year. Awesome, uh, it's yeah. really good. good you guys, have a, you guys yeah. did a really great job on that. And uh, by the way, I actually respect the fact you guys have so many, so much time between episodes. Because for me to get to three hours, get to three hours of anything, it's going to take me a few months. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and here, just some other ones here. Uh, these are mostly titles: uh, Attachment, Daughter, The Unsettling, Yellow Dragons, Village, Woman of the Photographs, They Wait in the Dark, Mean Spirited. These are all new horror movies that came out this week. Ooh. So we are wow. getting tons and tons of stuff. Some of it in streaming, some of it in theaters. 
Uh, there's just so much coming out. We've got some big name stuff coming out. The new Scream uh, is putting out all kinds of trailers lately. Uh, you know, it, it's a cool time to be a horror fan. And fucking always... Cocaine Bear comes out in like cocaine a week or two. Oh my god, I yes. want to see that so badly. <laughs> I've never seen my wife <laughs> so too. excited, like this excited for like a cool horror movie. Yeah, man. I, I knew Cocaine Bear was gonna be. It, it can't be bad. There's no way the movie be bad. No. Even if it's bad, it's gonna be fun. And uh, as, as long as it's not boring, that's all I care well, about. It will not be boring. The minute the trailer <laughs> popped up and the mm -hmm. bear's having an own internal monologue, I'm like, I'm in. Like I don't even care yeah. what happens after this. <laughs> like me and my wife are trying to figure out how we can like I can play hooky from work so we can go see it without having to get this yeah. for the kids. Can you just call out? You allowed to call out of work? Is that a thing? Well, but she work. We have to both like coordinate our schedules to oh, find the time. Gotcha. Like we can both like take off work without major repercussions, oh, okay, <laughs> and that the kids are like still in school. <laughs> All right, a couple other pieces of news here. Uh, speaking of like big studio work again. Uh, Jennifer Love Hewitt and Freddie Prince Jr. Mm. will be returning for a new I Know What You Did Last Summer sequel. Um, nice. They nice. might be going that legacy sequel yes. route, you know, with the old characters and the new characters together. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I'm down for more of that. All right. I who's who's I love directing the slashers that? Have come back. Uh, the director is Jennifer Caton Robinson. She made a movie called Do Revenge last year. Okay, cool. Oh, Do Revenge oh. with that guy from The Office, right? Was that, oh, that was Vengeance, sorry. Yeah, yeah, that's something different. But yeah, you know, I, I I like that slashers are coming back. You know, we went through the torture porn, we went through like the artsier style, and now we've kind of got two things going at the same time. You've got that like skinnamarink, like liminal spaces, you know, make you feel creeped out horror, and then you just got slashers again. And I I'm glad for slashers to be back in theaters again. That makes me happy. Hell yes. Plus, uh, plus it's nice to see some uh, 90s re uh, slashers get a little bit of a reassessment yeah. as well, you know? Yeah. Like, people are realizing, like, oh, fuck yeah, Scream was always awesome, you know? I know yeah. what you did last summer. Damn. I mean, mm -hmm. that's good stuff. It's like, maybe we can get a sequel to The Faculty or something. Yeah, uh, or I was going like to say... Proper sequel or whatever. I was gonna say like Urban Legends. Give me another Urban yeah, Legends man. Or that, yeah, right? I you love could do it on like internet damn. rumors. You could do an Urban Legend on like creepy pasta stuff. Oh yeah. Oh, that would be so cool. I mean, I think oh, at this yeah. point too, they could even start remaking some of those old like lesser known slashers like I Mad. Yeah. I Madman with the bookstore is like my my favorite slashers of all time. And or like nice. the Prowler or just the Prowler, uh, yeah. Dude, oh, I, I, oh, yeah, I, I, he has that movie. Robert, right? Prowler, maybe like Intruders or something, or Intruder yeah. again. Yeah, Intruder is the one in the grocery store. Yep. Yeah, yeah we did an episode on that, and uh, I mean, we relate to that because we all uh, met in a, at a grocery store. We yep. all worked together. That's <laughs> awesome. So, yeah. That's cool. I love so, a slasher in a unique location. <laughs> like, just put it in some mm -hmm. place I haven't seen a slasher before, and you've got me. Like, yeah. I don't, uh, has anyone else seen Sick? But no, um, oh, I haven't yet. I, I fell asleep, and not that it was a bad uh, movie. I'm just old and tired. Yeah. It's all. <laughs> <laughs> no, I thought that was a great a throwback. Movies. I thought it was a great throwback slasher. I really enjoyed I mean, it. Kevin Williamson was involved. Kevin Williamson's yeah. having like a resurgence all of a sudden. Mm -hmm. You know, like I love seeing all these names come back again. Uh, my last piece of news is the Remedy Entertainment uh, game developing company. Uh, they've said the CEO has said that Alan Wake 2 is at the point Ooh. of development that is playable from start to finish. So Alan Wake 2 is not too far out, it sounds like. I love oh, cool. Alan Wake. It's such a cool game. Al Alan Wake almost reminded me like of a playable at the Mountains of Madness. Not the Mountains of Madness. I always yeah. want to call that in the Mouth of Madness because it's yeah. such a just uh, I, I really liked Alan Wake. You've got the right. And I, I love the combat in that game. If you haven't played it. 
uh, you're in the dark for most for the combat scenes. Like during daylight, you're safe, but at night, things will come at you, and you've got a flashlight and a gun. You stun them with your flashlight and kill them with the gun, and you're safe anytime you can find like a street light. And so you're just running through the dark in a blind panic, trying to get to the next street. It's a really cool game, and I'm down for more of it. Yeah, I think on Steam it's like five bucks for the entire collection. Oh yeah, yeah. The the original one is is cheap, so get it. Yeah, nice. That's yeah, all I got. Maybe, maybe uh, whenever that comes out, we should cover it on Collateral Gaming. Yeah, that's so we haven't gotten into the Alan Wake franchise. Yeah, I mean, I never really got into Alan Wake that much either. I mean. I always I always understood it as kind of a well like you said in the mouth of madness, but I also kind of remember it uh, being compared to like being a playable Stephen King movie, kind of. Yeah, well, yeah, it's an author, oh, so yeah. Well, yeah. I think it's even set. I think it's even set in that in that same like Maine. <laughs> I think it's even yeah. Maine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that's what we need, like a first person or something Stephen King movie uh, video game. That'd be oh, so amazing. Yeah. Like maybe is Stephen could even uh, write a uh, script for it or something. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's fine. Yeah. I think like middle-aged Stephen King would be like, fuck that. Video games aren't art. But old Stephen King would be like, fuck yeah, let's do oh, this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or, or just have John Carpenter. Here we go. Stephen King. It could be two playable characters. One Stephen King, one John Carpenter. <laughs> John, John oh, Carpenter is yeah. just angry and in his office making music and playing video games. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's, John Carpenter is mad because someone came in and busted his, his, his Xbox his Series X and he's got to go find a new one. Oh, okay. Okay. Go, he's a gamer. John Carpenter. Yeah. I know, no, yeah. you go one step further. You play John Carpenter playing a game about Stephen King. <laughs> <laughs> and while you're sitting there, your phone's lighting up with tweets about you, and you have to respond to them properly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah John Carpenter, you, you, you smash his Xbox. He's like, oh, God damn it. I got to make another Halloween movie. You got to go do three more scores. My, my favorite Carpenter <laughs> right? quote ever three is when scores. someone goes, how do you feel when they make a new Halloween movie? He goes, I don't know, but I'm pretty happy the check comes in the mail. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He said that exactly. He's like, yeah, whatever. I make money. Who cares? You know, he expressed it. He expressed interest in doing a Dead Space film, and I and yeah. somebody needs to make that happen. John Carpenter could make that happen. I mean, he <laughs> yeah. did the thing. We talked about. Yeah. So I just started playing that remake, and holy shit, that movie terror! I had to put that shit down to like, give me easy mode because uh, I can't deal with two of these creatures at once trying to fight them. It's just too too <laughs> intense for me. I'm too old to handle that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, let's move on to our dad advice section. I don't know if any of our uh, friends from Collateral Cinema are fathers or not, but... I'm a dad. Uh, okay. There we go. I'm a dad of a four-year-old. Um, oh, please, share so. us your wisdom. <laughs> My wisdom. <laughs> or any, you know, we ask for, like, mentor advice, any advice you guys want to give to our audience. You have a deal with this young, angry creature. How do you do it? <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, like, I kind of just try to talk to her, like, like she's just a, a person, you know, yes. that, that, that's kind of what I, the, what I figured out is just kind of try to reason, try to explain if you can, um, as far as advice goes, you know, as it pertains to, uh, uh, the episode we did, uh, don't be a fucking creep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> don't be a fucking asshole, abusive asshole. Seriously. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, don't don't get involved in guys like that either. You know, that, that that's advice I I you know, I hope my daughter takes to heart. <laughs> I, I, as an yeah. uncle, I'll say just don't be the creepy uncle, be the cool uncle. <laughs> <laughs> be the cool uncle. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, I mean, it does kind of tie back into the title of the episode, you know, only skin deep. So, like, even if someone is beautiful on the outside, they could be a real piece of shit on the inside. And Absolutely. If yeah. anything, they've been enabled by being a, pretty, a quote, beautiful person. Yeah. To, uh, to be able to do terrible things to people. Yeah. Yep, definitely. Yeah. I've got I've got teenagers now, and so, you know, there's starting to be a little bit of interest in dating and stuff like that. I'm trying to just, again, talk to them. Talk to them in, in you know, human terms like real people and give them some advice to be like, you know, just just be careful. Be careful who you get attached to. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of them are crappy people and some of them are good people and, you know. Feel it out and see what kind of person you're dealing with. One of the tough things is is no one's ever going to be good enough for your kids. It's just how no, it is. You're no, gonna you're gonna look at them and you're gonna be like, okay, we're all none of us are perfect people, right? We all have our flaws. But like the person they're dating had the same flaw you have. People like, yeah, fuck that guy. He doesn't whatever. Um, <laughs> but, but I think it's important to understand though, you can never be that parent that says like you can't date this person because uh, because oh, they're yeah, they're no. Cowboys fan. Like fucking like who would do that? Uh, <laughs> that's about, Whoa. Oh no, sorry. But, uh, but uh, what I mean, what, what I mean though is like you will you'll find that like no one's ever be good enough for your kids. But you have to understand though, there's a reason why your child's attracted to that person or why they have, and that's not for you to understand or you to know. And you just have to support them. But also, like Jody said, and you guys said, push them in the right direction of not being with a piece of shit, not. Or not, not, and not being a piece of shit themselves, obviously, and, mm-hmm. and, and being yeah, a good person. Nice. But. Well, I mean, it kind of goes down to, like, you know, if your child's into something, you know, horror movies or metal or something, at least that used to be considered out of the norm. And I'm like, I don't care. As, as long as the kid's a good person, <laughs> they, can, they, can, they can, like, whatever the fuck they want. I thought you were calling yeah, me out, yeah. Jason. What the fuck, dude? No, I'm just saying, like, I'm thinking, like, back to, like, when I was a kid. Like, I if also you, like, play Magic the Gathering, too. Do you want to just pile on? So did I. Okay. That's what I'm saying. Like, if you were, like, if you weren't doing the, quote, normal thing, like, I'd rather be with someone. I'd rather, you know, my kid be, you know, doing the goth thing or whatever, as, but being a good, per, a good moral fiber, high, high moral fiber person. That, Dude, I don't understand a lot of the music my kid listens to. It's mm-hmm. some some mumble shit. She also likes System of a Down, like some you know whatever some good bands. I I I don't like System of a Down actually, but uh, she likes some <laughs> bands I like. Uh, but now, now you're taking shots at me. No, I just don't like them. <laughs> I, I didn't say they're a bad band. They're, they're a great band. They're just not my cup of tea. Um, but I think it's also it's also important to understand that we won't understand always the things they like mm-hmm. and the culture they like. And, and again, you brought it like metal and horror. Like, but your parents probably didn't understand when you were younger. Like, what? Yeah. What the fuck is wrong with this kid? Like in this crazy ass shit and uh, I think we're gonna be the same way with our kids but I, I think the difference is though when you're kind of into those countercultures and you've dealt with that as a kid you, you never want to push that upon your your kid like my kid knows like I don't like the music she likes but I don't sh- tell her she's wrong for liking it mm-hmm. <laughs> or you know, she's in she's into like a, a anime and like Junji Ito it's not my cup of tea but I'm like yeah it's cool though like, fucking do you UBU's all kinds of cool countercultures out there or whatever have fun yeah, well, the point the point I'm, try, I'm trying to make is like, regardless of whether that or they want to be, you know, into Taylor Swift or whatever, as long as they're a good person, who gives a shit? Yeah, right, right. As long as they're not a fucking NFL referee calling holding in the last two minutes of the goddamn Super Bowl, <laughs> might be okay. <laughs> There's no bitterness there. Right? No, I'm not even. I'm not even. A, I don't care about either. I'm a 49er fan, so I don't care about either team. But I, I just thought it was stupid. <laughs> so that's it. <laughs> 
All right. Well, that wraps up another episode. Bo, Ashley, Robert, thank you for joining us. Where can people find you? Uh, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And as far as uh, podcatchers and everything, we're pretty much everywhere. I mean, Spotify, uh, you know, Google Play, Apple, Apple Podcasts. Podcasts. Yeah. yeah. But also uh, find us on Good Pods and give us a, a good review there. Help us uh, climb the ranks there. And also you can find us on Patreon. We have, uh, as we said before, we have uh, film commentaries there, and we're about to start adding uh, further content there. If, as, but we need to start getting some patrons in, so yes, please visit us there. And yeah, check out our latest episode uh, featuring Silent Hill, and we are going to have our uh, anniversary episode featuring Takashi Miike's audition. Ooh. Uh, which, Ooh. Nice. Oh, see, th this was actually our pilot episode uh, back in 2017. <laughs> so cool. we decided to do a Redux episode. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. nice. Yeah. So, I mean, that's our thing. We do Takashi Miike versus, uh, we do Takashi Miike movies whenever we do our anniversary. That's episode. awesome. That's yeah. cool. I, I'm a big, yeah. big, big Mikey fan. Love that guy. Oh, he's amazing. Mm -hmm. The yeah. best, the best part of the first hostile movie was, uh, yeah, was when, yeah. He, when he, I, I literally, Felt like the piece of shit in the theater because he showed up. And I yelled Takashi Maike, and nobody else like. Oh, <laughs> like I was, I was like, all right, I'm just gonna pretend like I just didn't do that. <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> have, have you covered uh, the Happiness of the Katakuris yet? No, no, not yet. But that might be next uh, season's anniversary episode. I love probably. that one so much. Yeah, yeah. This month we're also doing the Ace Attorney film, so uh, this is kind of what? like a special anniversary yeah. uh, for us. So uh -huh. yeah, we're gonna do because I'm a huge fan of the Ace Attorney video game series. Yeah, I didn't know they made a movie. Oh. And Takashi Miike Takashi Miike directed. What the fuck? It. <laughs> <laughs> no fucking shit, man. Yeah. Um, and yeah, we're kind of doing kind of a collateral cinema, collateral gaming collab thing with that. Gonna cover the game That's series awesome. as well. I love that Takashi Miike will just do anything. He's like the modern mm -hmm. Roger Roger Corman, but he's yeah, fucking exactly. amazing. <laughs> and, and yeah, that's not he's got real, Corman, but he's, he's got real chops. Yes, you know? God, yeah, real chops. I love that guy. Yeah, yeah. So do we. <laughs> Obviously. I hope. Obviously. All right. <laughs> All right. Next week we will be reviewing episode Whirlpool. Uh, we appreciate everyone for listening. We would really appreciate it if you would give us a rating review on iTunes, a rating on Spotify, and check out our Patreon for bonus content. Also, check out our YouTube channel for videos of these podcasts. And with that, we thank you for listening to Dads from the Crypt. Adios. <laughs> Follow Dads from the Crypt on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, or I will follow you to the grave. <laughs> no, seriously, you really should watch. But be careful what you ask for. You may get it. <laughs>